Welcome to another episode of Talking Ball, y'all. Tonight's show, uh, got some great interviews lined up for you. Uh, we're going to talk high school football playoffs for this coming up weekend. Uh, let's talk to some coaches, assistant coaches, and some media members uh, of some teams that are still in the playoffs. And also, we're going to talk some NCAA football with some USM uh, talk as we have uh, an ESPN uh, personality uh, for an interview tonight just to uh, talk USM and everything about that football program. We're going to run down the uh, the lineup, the, the list of uh, interviews we have for tonight, and it, it should be a good episode. Uh, first of all, our first interview is going to be Brad Crow. He's the uh, from the Laurel Leader Call. Uh, he's going to be talking everything West Jones, Laurel, and then the matchups they have with Picayune and uh, Wayne County this week. Next up, we're going to talk to Russell Mitchell, the offensive coordinator for Oak Grove. Uh, they face Gulfport this week. They're still in the playoffs, and he's going to talk to the other region too, how difficult it is to play uh, in that Region 3 sits a uh, with some teams that they've got, how it prepares them for the playoffs. Uh, batting third, we're going to talk to Popperville Hornet head football coach uh, Jay Beach. Have a great win last week against North Pike and then have a tough matchup at home this week for the 4A playoffs against South Pike. So we're going to get his perspective on the win last week and everything about South Pike coming up this Friday night. And then batting cleanup, uh, last but certainly not least, we're going to talk to Marshant Kenny, a great linebacker, defensive player for uh, USM, the Golden Eagles, back with the Nasty Bunch. But then we also are going to talk to him about his call. He's on the ESPN Plus call for USM. Uh, so everything about Southern Miss that's going to go on this week, a tough matchup with Western Kentucky. So that's, a, that's our lineup for tonight uh, for the podcast. So just uh, sit back and enjoy. Your family's health is our mission. At Highland Community Hospital and in partnership with Forest Health Systems, we're adding new services and personnel every day. Please welcome Kimberly Carver, FNPC, to the Highland Pediatric and Primary Care Rural Health Clinic. She's another addition to our expanding family of service providers. Please call 601-358-9765 to schedule an appointment. Highland Community Hospital, the best choice for your family. Tonight we're joined by Brad Crow of the Laurel Leader Call, and uh, Brad's going to give us some uh, unique perspective on both Laurel Tornadoes and then also West Jones. So, Brad, we record here out of Picune, so let's start with Laurel. That will be uh, Picune's opponent this coming Friday night, and I know you put together an article that I guess uh, ran in today's paper uh, where you talked to Coach Breland. So kind of give us his thoughts and his feelings come – First of all, thanks for joining us, but let's get into uh, what Coach Breland had to say about this matchup. Absolutely. Uh, first of all, thank you guys for having me. Uh, Coach Breland obviously has a tremendous amount of respect for Picayune, and how could you not? I believe if you t- talk to Coach Lee, he'd probably say the same about Laurel. Um, any team that's won the 5A South State title over the last 10 years has likely had to go through one or both of these teams. Uh, they have played each other six times in the playoffs over the last 18 years, I believe, with picking and taking four of them. And uh, Laurel has played similar teams over the uh, course of this year. Uh, they played Poplarville in their opener. And I uh, asked Coach Braylon, he said that was actually a large part of why they scheduled Poplarville. Is, you know, they run a similar style of offense that you don't get to see very often. And they had some success against them, but obviously this is, you know, it's a similar carriage, but 
different horses pulling it. So this will be a, a whole new challenge. Uh, Coach Breland says he's planning on uh, throwing everything they got at him on Friday. He told the team yesterday that if that didn't work, he'd open up the bus and take out the transmission, and they'll throw that at him. Too. <laughs> so uh, so uh, we're excited for the tornadoes. and you know They're not going to go down without a fight, and we expect a great ball game on Friday. Coach Breland, we've had the pleasure of having him on the show at least a couple times, and then uh, we follow Popperville each and every Friday night. And so we had the pleasure of meeting him and then seeing that uh, Laurel team. Boy, he, as a as a journalist, he's a lot of fun, isn't he? Oh, he sure is. You know, yeah, he, he learned from some of the best. Uh, when you go back to his days at Wayne County coaching under Coach Marcus Bulls, he you know, had a lot of success with the War Eagles and Pedal as well. He was doing the past, you know. uh, then he got to coach with Coach Blair and Rick Laurel for a good while, so. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a character. He likes to have fun, and the players really rally around him. So he's he's had a great run with them. Brad, I know um, in your job there that you see at least one of those te two teams probably, uh, if not every week, every other week or every third week. But the way right. that Evans plays at quarterback and then the Johnson kid out at wide receiver, they certainly uh, present some challenges uh, to opposing defenses. Uh, they absolutely do. Uh, Xavier Evans has been in a, a kind of a particular speed in the course of the last month or so. They have been ready to start at running back. Um, you know, they they do still use him at quarterback, and Coach Boone says that you know a part of why they are happy with what they have is they can use him in different spots because of the different abilities he has. But I believe you'll see a, a young man, a junior name. Uh, Dexter Scott, starting at quarterback on the team. He doesn't deliver as much of a a, uh, a dual threat capability as Evans, but uh, you'll see him. He's got a good arm on him. He's made some good plays over the last few weeks. They've worked him into the game plan. and uh, On Friday, you'll see Evans in the backfield at running back. You'll see him running the Wildcat offense. Uh, he's, he's just a special kid, and they're going to get the ball in his hand as many different ways as they can. And, and obviously, like you mentioned, Canarius Johnson is a, a really strong, really big-bodied receiver. I believe he's got a couple offers from Mississippi State and Auburn over the last few weeks. And uh, he's just a threat. Anytime he gets his hands on the ball, he, he's hard to bring down, and, and he's, he's faster than he looks. So they, they like to use him in a, a lot of ways. Once again, we're joined by Brad Crow, the sports editor for the Laurel Leader Call here on the Heron Ford Hotline. And <clears throat> Brad, these last four teams remaining in the in the five A, picking Laurel, West Jones, and Wayne County. These four are no strangers to the playoffs. They're no strangers to meeting each other in the playoffs. But what does Laurel have to do to upset the you know? The the Hercules, so to speak, in Picayune, and what does West Jones have to do to maybe have that intercounter rivalry for the South State game next week? Right. Um, well, as far as law, uh, I asked him earlier this week if if he had seen any any types of chink in their in Picayune's armor, which is it's really hard to it's almost awful to mention chinks in the armor of a team that averages fifty two points hmm. a game, you know? but. Uh, Laurel's defense 
has had a lot of success this year. They've only given up more than 20 points twice. Uh, one of those was against West Jones. Uh, and he says it's just going to come down to his players making plays in big moments. Um, a couple weeks ago, I know you know you guys probably saw that Pick United an exciting game against Wayne County where they were tied 28-28 at halftime. And uh, Wayne County's quarterback, Zeke Wesley, made a lot of plays in that game. Uh, Coach Brennan looks at that and just says, you know, his players got to step up the occasion. Guys like Xavier Evans are going to get their hands on the ball a lot. And they just got to make those game-changing plays. If they can, if they can come up with a big play uh, enough times to have a little success on defense, which not many teams do against big people, uh, they'll, they'll have a shot. And as, as far as West, uh, this is re- a really exciting game for me. I'm, I'm born and raised in Waynesboro, so I, I know all about this Wayne County-West Jones rivalry. I actually, this is good timing, I actually spoke to a, a gentleman early this morning uh, about uh, publishing a book that my friend and I are planning to write on the rivalry of Wayne versus West, the impact that that's had on the two communities and spilled into other local communities as well. So there's no shortage of history between the two. Uh, West has beaten them once this year. They beat them back in September 31 to 10 for the first time in eight years. Wow. Uh, Coach, Coach Pearson said it was, it was kind of hard to consider it a rivalry for a while. <laughs> you know, he said when you, when you get beat eight times in a row, you're, you're just a win on the other team's call. So, uh, but they did pull off the win at home earlier this season. Uh, and they're as hard as they've been all season right now. But last week, their offense put up 56 against East Central. Uh, quarterback Allen Fada scored six touchdowns, which mm. was a career high for him. So they're rolling right now. I think the uh, the uh, problem is going to be on Wayne County fans trying to not only slow them down, but uh, try to score points against the Mustangs defense that has forced 28 turnovers this year. Mercy. Uh, Wayne County is going to be playing with a star player returning, uh, Zeke Wesley, who I mentioned earlier. He missed last week due to a knee injury he suffered in the third quarter against Picky. I spoke with him and said he had a little fluid on his knee. and uh, They had to keep it on us for a couple of weeks, but he is expected to play on Friday. And uh, If he is 100%, he's a special talent. I believe he's about 6'2", 215, and he is uh, a great runner. So um, he's, he's accounted for right at 2,000 yards and 20 touchdowns for the Warriors this year. He always poses a threat. So if he's 100%, uh, I can't imagine Wayne County will lay down and go out without a fight. So they'll make it interesting. They will. That Coach Pearson, you know, Getting past that uh, Picayune Club last year in the South State, I know that was a monkey off his back, but he is a heck of a coach, and uh, the success he's had at West Jones just speaks for ex- his, for itself. But he was a gentleman. Uh, uh, he, he came on the podcast last year, and we were just really impressed with how, of course, sharp he was and what a gentleman he was as well. Absolutely. He's, he's one of the friendliest coaches you'll get an opportunity to talk to. You know, as, as a kid growing up in Waynesboro, I was probably raised to think he was the, <laughs> the devil. But, you know, I've, I've gotten the pleasure of working with him over the past few months. He's, 
such a good guy and a and an even better coach. So uh, yeah, that was definitely a monkey off their back. This program is, you know, they've had their ups and downs, but mostly over the last eighteen years that he's been there, he has produced a lot of quality players, and, and they play the right way. So uh, getting that one over Pickyun was was huge for their confidence on a team that is still young today. Last year, most of their starters were sophomores. Uh, this year, they're heavy with juniors, and they'll be back again next fall. So uh, this team is, after having gotten that win against Big Youth, they're confident. They feel that they can compete with the best. They're ready to prove it. Boy, oh, boy. And if Picune and Wes Jones were to both advance, what a matchup. Hey, Jeff brought up the regional matchup. So, you know, any of these combinations, regardless of who is going to play next week, is going to have some interesting storylines. But if it was Picune and Wes Jones again as a rematch of, of last year's ball game and two undefeated clubs, that would uh, certainly have the makings of a heavyweight fight. Absolutely. Um you know, like I said, Picayune, they've been there and done that. And, and West Jones is a team that feels like they're on their way to that kind of position. They've, they've both run through just about everyone they've played this year. They're both loaded with talent. So I can't imagine we'd get anything left in the field if they meet up next week. I'm looking forward to it if it happens. Absolutely. Brad, man, we appreciate you taking time from your week for the podcast. Thanks for joining us tonight, bud. Anytime. God bless you guys. Have a good night. Thank you, Brad. Whether you're hungry for seafood, po'boys, or salads, go see Kelly's Po'boys located in Picayune and proudly serving Pearl River County for nearly 20 years. It's a little bit of New Orleans right here in Picayune. If you're looking to insure a new house, car, or motorcycle, give Advantage Insurance Company a call at 601-749-8790 or go by and see Shauna Oder or any one of her friendly agents and let them go to work for you. Advantage Insurance is located at 4201 Highway 11 North in Picayune. Joined now by the offensive coordinator for the Oak Grove Warriors, of course, as they move on into the playoffs. We're talking with Russell Mitchell. And, Russell, man, it's always good uh, to talk to you and to be talking to you this time of the year means y'all still playing football. So that's a good thing, too. That's right. Thanks for having me, Clay. If, if you and I are talking in November, that's a good thing because we're still alive and, and, and still rolling. And that's, where, that, that's, the, that's the goal, and that's where we want to be. So glad, glad to be talking to you tonight. Russell, tell us about um, really, you know, we got a chance to visit with Coach Causey preseason, I believe, did a preview with him. And tell us kind of how y'all have gotten here and, and then your matchup this week and what you feel about your Warriors club as hopefully still a lot of football left and make it uh, to the game y'all made it to last year. Right. Well, yeah, our, our season started off great. We won the first three, lost the next three. And uh, and then we've been on a six-game winning streak since. So we went in a little lull there right around the time non-district ended, the district started, played three really good teams that we lost to. Um, you know, got a chance to play Archbishop Rumble out of New Orleans. That was a very unique experience. Mm. They uh, they have one of the best high school football teams I've ever laid eyes on. <laughs> and, um, and 
George County kind of upset us down there. We felt like we probably should have won that game, and credit them. They they came out and they beat us. You know, they uh, we turned the ball over a few times. They took advantage of it. Um, lost that game 24-20, and then followed it up with another loss to Pedal. So we went through a little lull there where we were kind of questioning, you know, what we were as a team and how good we were. Um, but our kids responded well. We've gone on a tear here in the last six weeks. Played some pretty good football. So we're optimistic going into the playoffs. Um, beat Ocean Springs last week, first round. Going to play Gulfport this week. Um, a team that we've already faced once. You know, very good football team. Uh, we were lucky enough to win the first game and then pick you and beat them the week after we did, and that's the only two games they've lost. So we're going to travel back down to their place for the second time, and um, we're just hoping our kids are, are, are up for the challenge and realize what a good football team we're facing because they, they're the district champs in Region 4. You know, they're 10-2, and two, and, uh, and they're a very good football team. So that's, that's kind of where we are um, right now going into the second-round playoffs. I know you work on the offensive side of the ball. But talk to me. I know you also look at a film. And so the Crosby kid for Gulfport, from your vantage point and your perspective, he was really the only one that's had a lot of success against uh, Picayune. And we had uh, Coach Archie on a couple weeks ago and were able to ask him about his quarterback. But what do you see out of that kid when you turn the tape on on him? Yeah, he's actually an O'Grove kid and um, went, went to school here through – I believe seventh grade or so. Don't quote me on that. But um, so our kids know him, grew up with him, played baseball, football with him growing up. Um, his family moved down to Long Beach um, several years ago, and then he transferred over to Gulfport this year. But but he's a dual threat guy. He can run it. He can throw it. Um, he makes them hard to defend for sure. Uh, you know, and, and and he's a big reason why they've been able to win ten games and won that district this year. Yeah, we saw him play as a ninth grader at Long Beach when we were doing some Pearl River Central radio. And I looked at Jeff about through the third quarter. I said, boy, oh, boy, this kid is a ninth grader. It's going to be something. And it's it's turned out that way just in a different uniform. Russell, in your answer there, you brought up dual threat. That kind of describes your uh, quarterback and Stewart and what he was and what he's been able to do on this six-game tear that y'all have been on. Yeah, they're they're very similar players. In, in all honesty, um, I think we probably run Damon a little bit more than they run the Crosby kid. But um, they both really really athletic, and he's a pressure, move around the pocket. Neither one of them is very big, um, but they can both really throw the football. And they remind you a lot of each other. They really do. And your weapons, Russell, offensively, uh, to see y'all last year. Of course, Plumley jumped out. I mean, there's no way you watched Oak Grove. Uh, last year and just weren't kind of awed by his athleticism. But the guys that uh, he was getting a ball out to were certainly impressive as well. So kind of tell us about the weapons that Stewart's able to get the ball to. Yeah, and, and that's that's a, a luxury of coaching at Oak Grove. You know, we've got guys that can run and catch. And, um, you know, they're, they're the ones making the plays. I know I'm sitting here talking to you, but we've got some, some guys that can – and run downfield and catch. We got a good running back that went over a thousand yards. And Nick Millsap, um, Tavion Smith, kind of our tight end. We use him in the slot. He's what we call our Y receiver. Like I said, he'll drop his hand down and play tight end. So 
he's been tremendous for us, um, getting a lot of college attention. Um, Brandon Hayes, another guy who's got some Division One offers to play outside receiver. He's a speedster. You'd be hard-pressed to find anybody who can run with him. Which one's the Edelman kid, uh, Russell? I remember him from last year. I think he's back. Yeah, we, we, that's the next thing I was going to get to. we got a couple of good little slot receivers. Uh, Liam Brighton probably is one. Yep, that's about. the one right there. He caught a couple of uh, big passes in the state championship game for us last year. And he returns punts and kicks, and he's a really good possession guy, catches everything, runs really good routes. Um, we had a transfer that came over from North Forest. His name's Eric Robinson, and he's another guy that plays in the slot that's really explosive for us. Um, and we've got a junior wide receiver that plays on the outside, Jordan Coleman. So we've really got five receivers that play a lot that are probably all going to be college players. And, um, like I said, that makes my job a heck of a lot easier, and I would imagine it makes it harder to defend when you're when you're getting ready to play us. So um, that that that's the guys that have scored the points for us this year and made the plays down the field, you know. But we've been very balanced, you know. We throw it around a good bit, but if you just look at our yardage, we rush for about as many yards as we pass for, and. Um, I mentioned Nick Millsap earlier. He's done a good job running it for us. E.J. Newell's another running back that gets in there and runs it for us some. Um, our offensive line's done a really good job blocking. We've got uh, our right guard, Trent Jackson, Kennesaw State commit. He's a guy that's, that's been a two-year starter for us and kind of anchors our offensive line. We've got a, a left tackle as a senior in Caleb Fortsbury that does a really good job for us, too. So, just just fortunate to have good players, man, and you're not going to make it this far without good players. So, just really thankful to have them. And, and another thing, we've stayed healthy. We hadn't, we have had, we've had one major injury to a cornerback who tore his ACL, and outside of that, we haven't had anything um, <clears throat> other than a sprained ankle here and there. And and we lost our ace back too. Excuse me, I wanted to get to mention that Aaron Malone for his ACL. So we've had two ACLs, and it's just, just remarkable that we've been able to stay as healthy as we have because those are really the only injuries we've had. So. Russell, how well does that district or region, whichever term you use, uh, prepare y'all for playoff football? Oh, man, it's a it's a challenge every week, you know, and something something that, that, that's, that's new to me when I, when I got to Oak Grove four years ago is – um, you know, Meridian was a little down this year. Terry was a little down this year. Um, but outside of those two, every week is just, here we go with a heavyweight. You know, it's Petal, Brandon, Pearl, Northwest Rankin, um, George County. You know, it's just every week you better be ready to play. And uh, you got to have your kids focused and you got to, you got to have an even keel. You know, it's not like we can sit there and mark one on the calendar and then get up for that game and then and then and then you know not have another big game for four weeks. It is every week. It feels like you're getting ready to to, to go into a heavyweight bout, but that helps you in the playoffs. You know, mm-hmm. I, I felt like in the first round playing our recent schedule really had us prepared to go up against those in spring last week. So. Um, but but there's a lot of good coach and a lot of good players in this district, no doubt. Well, Russell, you're a Picayune guy like us, and so I know you you're familiar with it. But 
the coast, that region that matches up with with y'all for that opening round has been beat up on for so long for lack of success. And, look, it's deservedly so. But I think the other part of that equation is just how good that one through four seed has been. I mean, nobody ever kind of really tips their cap and says, well, heck, the three and a four seed are some really good teams uh, that are – that are coming and winning in those playoffs. So that this district has been tough for quite a while now. Yeah, yeah, it really has. We've had a lot of success in the playoffs. And, you know, the road to the state championships going through our region for, for many years now. And, um, you know, in the offseason when they did the redistrict, uh, we lost Jim Hill and picked up Northwest Rank, so it didn't get any heat. Mm-hmm. You know, George County had been down a little bit coming into this year. And they came in and beat us and beat Pearl, you know. So, so it was just just really really competitive. And some good coaches in that region too, Russell. I mean, I know I, I'm gonna consider you a young young coach because that makes me feel younger. But uh, you've got some uh, good coaches uh, in that region to kind of kind of look at and and model um, coaching after. That's some heavyweights in the coaching industry there too. Yeah, no question. I mean. Um, I appreciate you calling me. You know, <laughs> I like, knew you would, uh, Russell. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm kind of on the borderline. Hey, now. now. <laughs> uh, but you know, John Perry, Marcus Bulls, Toby Collins, Drew. I, I put Drew right up there with all of them. Though you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to be on his staff and work for him. And um, but you're right. I mean, these are these are guys that have worked their whole career to, to get where they've got. And and then and, and I feel like. Football's played at a pretty high level in our region, no question about it. Speaking of high level, uh, if you're going to argue college football, maybe at the highest level, Plumlee, uh, your former quarterback, was on display against LSU this past weekend. How proud, uh, Russell, are you to see uh, what he's been able to accomplish at Ole Miss and, and the way that even as a freshman he's kind of standing out? Yeah, oh, man, it's, it's amazing. You know, I look forward to watching them play every Saturday. You know, my family's kind of <laughs> old Miss. You know, we all went to Southern. We cheered for Southern first. But, you know, my, my middle brother, Ryan, he went to law school with Ole Miss. So we've all kind of kind of followed Ole Miss for years. When John Rice flipped over from Georgia to Ole Miss, that was a big deal. But, but I look forward to watching them every week. And, um you know, I'm sitting there, and of course, he didn't he didn't get to play much the first few weeks. And when he got in versus Cal and his first run, 50-yard run, it was, I mean, it makes the hair on your neck stand up. And then ever since then, he's just taking control of that situation. And um, I was watching Saturday night. Of course, I know how fast he is, you know, but he's running away from LSU's DB. And I'm sitting here going, man, what the world, you know, because I know he's fast, but LSU's DB's supposed to be pretty fast too. So, Absolutely. Um, but I just, I just hope he continues to develop as a quarterback and as a passer. And if he does, there's no limit to how good he can be and and what he can do in terms of um, <clears throat> leading Ole Miss to where they want to get. You know, they got so many talented freshmen that it seems like the future's pretty bright there. And I think he can be the leader for them to get them over the hump. You're just waiting on them to get that one win, you know, and I feel like things are going to start start going in their favor because he's playing his heart out and I'm cheering for him and they're coming up just short, you know, every week. But, but you know the future's bright because between he and Ely and Stu Connor and 
all those young guys they've got on their team they're they're uh they're pretty pretty impressive so they really yeah, I'm, are. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the heck out of watching well, and you and you know you've made it in the SEC too. When you you get on the Paul Feinbaum show, I seen him. I think they were talking to him. Uh, I think it was the day or yesterday. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, all that I'm sure is has got to be a big shock for him. But he's a pretty humble kid, you know. He's not the the type to seek attention or anything like that. But but man, what a what a thrill that's got to be. Russell, I mean, uh, I'm hearing the sideline. I guess it was the sideline reporter <laughs> Saturday night, and I think she referenced him as being uh, perfect. And so, as a Christian, I was thinking, man, that's a strong, <laughs> that's a strong description of this young man. And then she went on to to talking about him, and she darn near had me convinced. I mean, uh, I know you're not a, a sugar coated type guy. I mean, I I consider you a friend, but I don't consider you that. Uh, the young man that he is—is is he really this special to be around? No, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, coaching him for three years made me a better person. I can mm-hmm. tell you that. And you just look, and, and and with all the attention he's getting, and all the praise he's getting, and all the media, and and whatever else that I, that you and I have never experienced that he's getting. You look, and he's up giving his testimony. You know, the day after the game on campus, and he volunteers with um, with special needs kids and. He's never, you know, made a B. He, he's 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 pretty much um, a well-rounded person, and for a, for an 18-year-old getting the attention that he's got, you know, it really is credit to, to to how his parents did a good job raising him and, and his sisters, and, and and he really comes from a special family. But that, that's not an exaggeration. I can tell you, I've, I've witnessed it firsthand, and, and and like I said, he's made me a better person coaching him. So. Man, that's awesome. Russell, man, we appreciate uh, you taking time for the podcast and continued success with the Warriors, man, uh, between you and Coach Causey up there. Y'all are one of the first two or three scores that I'm checking every Friday night. So continued success, man. Thanks, Clay. I appreciate y'all having me. and um, Hope to talk to you again, maybe. Maybe. As people get eliminated, you'll run out of folks to talk to. You'll need to talk to me again. So hey, well, we let's make plans to talk the week the week before y'all play in the Rock. How about that? All right, that, that'll be good. <laughs> Thank you, Russell. All right, man. Talk to you later. Later, buddy. Whether you've hit a home run or a foul ball, for all your real estate law and closing needs, call Cruise Law at 1-769-242-2500. That number again is 1-769-242-2500. Call Bill Cruz at Cruz Law. Are you looking for a place for your whole family to belong? Come and join us at Goodyear Baptist Church. We're located at 2710 Highway 43 South, just past Memorial Gardens. We have great ministries for all ages. If you're looking for something refreshing in life, if you're looking for a hope that lasts forever, if you want to experience the love of Christ, come check out GBC. Sunday morning growth group at 9.45 a.m. and worship at 11. Find us online at GoodyearBaptistChurch.com. Come as you are. There's a place for you. Come grow with us. As always, we're privileged to be joined by Popperville's head coach, Jay Beach, and Coach, thanks for taking time for the podcast. Uh, thank you, Clay. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for having me. 
Jay, a good win last week, man, 23-20 to 20 over North Pike. And it's a good win. It's the second round uh, playoff that advances, uh, and I say us, to the third round, your Popperville uh, club. Let's talk a little bit about that game last week. It was a heck of a one to call. I'm not sure what it was like to coach in, but just high drama throughout in the second half and to pull off that win, congratulations by the way, for playing in this third round. I believe this is four years in a row you'll be playing in a third round of a playoffs. Not a lot of programs can say that. So congratulations, but let's look back. What a win last week. Oh, yeah, it was a great win, a great win on the road to the playoffs. They're, uh, they're always tough. And, uh, you know, we did a lot of things that, you know, can get you beat as far as penalties and uh, turnovers and, and things like that. But uh, but North Pike, you know, had those same issues as well. So, in the end, we, we, we were able to come out ahead, and it was a very close game. And North Pike played a great and outstanding game. Their coaches did a fine job of getting them ready. It uh, came down to, the you know, the very last uh, second. Yeah, it truly did. A broadcaster's dream. You look at that game last week, Jay, give up 20 in the first half, go down uh, to the locker room, um, and then don't give up another point. And with the way Martin, their quarterback, was playing in the first half, nothing against Popperville. You know I see most everything through green and gold uh, glasses this time of year. But if you would have told me we would shut out uh, that offense in the second half, just a phenomenal job uh, defensively there in the second half. It was. It was. Uh, made a few adjustments, and uh, they had put together one long drive there. Took most of the third into the fourth and got down all the way inside the five-yard line, and our defense ran a hold. Give them a lot of credit. A lot of things went bad during that drive. Uh, penalties, personal foul penalties. And they had a few penalties of their own. It's a long drive, and, uh, but, but never stopped fighting the whole time. And was able to get a, a, a stop on fourth down and uh, give our offense the ball back with about, I think, six minutes left. And we were able to get three or four first downs and run off the clock. And we surely didn't want to give them the ball back and uh, give their quarterback another shot at it. So give our offense defense credit. Jay, you coach, of course, head coach, and then coach that offensive line and a, and a wing T guru that you are. How proud were you to get that thing back with six plus and them not touch it again? Well, I, I you know, super proud of that. You know, uh, you know, uh, they they ran a three three stack against us, and uh, it's kind of tough to pick up all the blitzes and everything. But uh, and we got a, a fairly young, inexperienced offensive line. But you know, by now, you know, it's the twelfth game of the year. Uh, they've grown and they've gotten better. Uh, we we were able to, to to do enough to to, to win, and we uh, didn't put us we didn't beat ourselves. In other words, did uh, things we need to do again. I'm, I'm proud of that. Once again, we're joined by Popperville Hornet head football coach Jay Beach here on the Heron Ford Hotline. And and Jay, you know Clay had mentioned about getting the ball and not giving it back. Uh, to North Pike there to and then seal the, the victory formation. But talk about your senior quarterback, Blaze Brearwood, making the bootleg, uh, the naked bootleg, and then making the perfect slide 
just past the yard to gain to pick up that final first down to go in victory formation. Was that something you stressed in the huddle about doing it and make sure you get the first down, or was that just uh, the senior leadership coming out in Blaze Brearwood? Uh, I have no idea why I did that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. And it was a good move for him. When go back and look on film, I wish we had one or two more yards down the field before he slid because it was pretty close. Oh, uh, man. But I can't brag. I can't say enough good things about Blaze. He's done a great job for us. Uh, we didn't ask him to throw the ball much uh, Friday night, uh, but the, a few Fridays before, we, we threw it nine or ten times, and he was nine for nine. Uh, the past Friday, we threw a uh, call to pass called a pass play and we had a lot of pressure and instead of just throwing the ball up and uh throwing a pick getting us beat that way he, he just ate it took it back and uh we were able to we punted the ball but you know a lot of a lot of quarterbacks might just do right there and just throw it up but he, he's protecting the ball for us he's delivering the ball to where it needs to be delivered so we need him to run it he's a good runner carries out a safe well and he's a good leader Absolutely, and Jay, you sound like you're a little bit under the weather, and that's kind of how I felt when I dug into Max Preps and Huddle this week as we got ready uh, for South Pike and the Eagles that are going to come visiting Popperville. This is a quality, quality team we're going to see on Friday night, right? Yeah, very, very, very good team. Absolutely, thirteen and zero. with a, with a ton of good players, uh, they got size, they got speed, they got everything you want in a football team that coached really well. And uh, so, you know, we got a work cut out for us, and uh, we're, we're very excited just to get a chance to try to, to, try to uh, knock them off. And, you know, you look at the run that your program has been under. This group of seniors has um, – won a lot of football games. They're certainly no stranger to this round in the playoffs. Um, that experience and having home field advantage should help some on Friday night, right, Coach? I believe it will. I believe it will help. I believe uh, us being at home for the third round is, will give us uh, some advantage. I don't know how much, but um, it, it's, definitely, it's definitely good to be at home. And uh, our experience the playoff with South Pike, over the past few years, and has a lot of experience too. I believe this is their third straight trip to the third round as well. So uh, we'll, we'll both be ready to play. Coach, when you look at their quarterback and Turner, anybody that uh, we've seen or that you've seen on any level uh, that that he kind of reminds you of, or uh, if people are coming out to the Hornet Nest, which I suspect they will be out there and in big numbers, who? Who will uh, three for South Pike kind of remind us of Friday night? He kind of reminds you of Michael Vick. Oh, my gracious, um, Coach. And, yeah, with the Virginia Tech. Mm. Uh, somebody like that. Golly. He's, he's really fast. Mm. Uh, really fast, throws the ball in there, has some good targets to get to, and has a big offensive line protecting him. But if you give him an inch, he's going to take it. He's going to take a mile. Mm. And then he's got Adams out there, who I believe was a, a dandy dozen. He's got a huge lineman. When you look at this roster, let's see what they have him listed as. Coach, you probably know right off. Was it 6'8 or something? 6'7, 375, yeah. the yeah. Williams kid. So 70 for them shouldn't be all that hard to spot, <laughs> huh? Yeah, 
You might not see Clint Moore. You'll see Bestie. It might swallow up Clint out there. The poor sophomore, huh? Oh, Khalid. Man. Well, Jay, we pick a lot. That's just the relationship that you've allowed us to kind of uh, get with this uh, coaching staff and these players. But, uh, man, we can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast as, as often as you do, but certainly for allowing us to cover your program each and every Friday night. Uh, to say it's been a, a, a treat would understate that by a ton. It's been a – Heck of a lot of fun, and uh, we look forward to a fun one on Friday night, man. Yes, sir. We look forward to a fun one. We'll come out and give it our best shot and see what happens. Yeah, and that's one thing I can say. Following this club, what you just said there, uh, win, loss, or indifferent, y'all have always done exactly that, played hard and given it uh, a great effort and a great shot. And uh, a lot of times over this four – year run that's resulted in a win so we look forward to friday night coach see you up in, at the hornet's nest okay all right see you guys later thanks for having me. get well brother i will hey folks if you need that special sweet treat for birthdays anniversaries or just because stop by and see our friends at katie cake and company they are located at 109 west canal street in picking let katie cake and company satisfy your sweet tooth your scale will never have to know. Ramey's Marketplace is a family tradition starting back in the early 1950s. Ramey seeks to give families a high quality product at a reasonable price. Ramey's promises to provide products that exceed the freshest standards in all perishable items. Their motto is, you've got quality in the bag. Stop by and shop at Ramey's today located at 100 Highway 11 North in Poplarville. Ramey's is the official marketplace of the Poplarville Hornets. We're honored tonight to have a USM really legendary linebacker and a guy now working on the ESPN Plus side of things for the broadcast with our buddy Jason Baker, and we'll have the call this Saturday as Western Kentucky comes into the rock. And Marshant, Kenny, we appreciate you taking time for the podcast, Marshant. Hey, thank you so much for uh, the nice introduction. And, yeah, been working with Jason Baker on the ESPN Plus uh, home Southern Miss games and Jason's big time now, man. I, I don't know if you guys remember the Southern Miss Alcorn State game to start this season. Jalen Adams, you know, had a big game, returned to kickoff and a punt return for a touchdown, both in that game. Well, uh, that that became viral. So you hear Jason Baker's uh, voice calling that, and on Conference USA's Twitter site, that got over five million views, man. So Jason Baker's big time now, man. I'm, I'm just I'm just this color guy. Yeah, well, look, we've got him. He's working sidelines for us on Friday nights for high school football. And so we get reminded of that call every now and then, Marshant, when he takes his stuff and heads yeah. down to those sidelines. We can kind of see him looking at us like, y'all sure y'all going to send me back down there? So we try not to uh, buy in on too much of that, but we certainly are blessed to have him as part of our crew and a buddy of ours. And uh, I, I guess we'll get right into that first question. How much have you enjoyed uh, working on the on that side of it, Marchant? Man, it's been a blessing in disguise. I, I just bleed black and gold. I love it. Um, you know, being able to call games at the Rock and with an awesome dude like Jason Baker doing play-by-play. -play. I mean, we, we bounce off each other, and, and it's some of the fastest three hours I've ever had in my life because, you know, it's just the adrenaline rush, the joy of doing it. Um, it is a true blessing. It's hard calling it down the middle, which I have to do because it is ESPN Plus. 
But um, I can't be biased towards Southern Miss for sure when I'm calling it for, for whoever's listening. Marshant, your background, of course, of your playing days there at Southern Miss from 1994 to 97 and, and some outstanding times there. But what else in your background uh, prepared you to do what you're doing on the TV side on these ESPN Plus broadcasts? Well, I've always loved the media. I loved interacting with the media when I was at Southern Miss. Uh, it, it's some great guys I got to know on the media side of things during my playing days there. But uh, afterwards, WDAM TV, the sports director, Mitch Williams, there at the time, uh, after I was done playing some pro football and with the Arizona Cardinals, NFL Europe, uh, Mitch came up to me and he said, Marshan, man, I think you'd be really good uh, doing some TV for me. And, uh, and it really hit home. So I, I worked at WDAM TV on the NBC affiliate there for three years and, and just thoroughly enjoyed doing that job. And I hated leaving that job, but just sometimes life takes you uh, where you go. So I got three years television experience with with uh, doing that, but um, it's a joy getting back into it right now with ESPN+. Oh, Mitch, and the work that he does with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in, in our state uh, and the impact he made. I can remember uh, being a college student in Southern Miss and running in uh, to him at Walmart and just your perspective of things. It was like I ran into a movie star, man. Like he, he took that role and what he did with Friday night uh, highlights in the Pine Belt area, similar to what A.J. Jardina did here uh, on the coast. And it, it really was a, a cool thing to run in uh, to him and his time there at WDAM. Oh, man, Mitch is a special guy. He was a mentor for me. Um, when I left Mitch Williams, I told this story to several people. Um, it's some of the hardest I've ever cried in my life telling them goodbye. I mean, because it, it was me and him, a two-man band with a third person coming in on occasion. And uh, we not only talked sports for three years in our small office at WDM, but we, we talked life because Mitch is a preacher. Um, you know, and the work he's doing right now with the FCA fits him perfectly. And um, he, he really taught me a lot of life lessons. And it was hard leaving him uh, in that job. He, he's a special guy. It's neat to see, um, I guess, broadcasting-wise, Scott Walker, uh, WDSU, former anchor. I guess he's a politician over in New Orleans now. But to see uh, yeah, uh, the work like he was able to do, man. Politician. Scott's <laughs> hugging babies and shaking hands. You know? <laughs> yeah. Scott's, Scott's, Scott's big time in New Orleans. You know, I'm a born and raised New Orleanian, so everybody knows Scott Walker down, down in the Big Easy. Well, it's it's neat to hear your you know your WDAM uh, roots to know his there as well, and then um, this how this is how athletic I am. The Shipley's Donut was kind of my tie into <laughs> all of this, but I guess he's got a oh. Shipley's over in New Orleans now too. Man, they they, they do, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Shipley's man, now you're bringing me back. <laughs> I love. <laughs> I haven't had it in a little bit. I'm, I got to give you something. Oh, mercy. Oh, okay, Marchant. Let's talk football and uh, where Southern Miss finds its play. It really in a pretty good spot uh, when we look at records and now uh, chasing after Louisiana Tech and Louisiana Tech with some suspensions. Southern Miss really not into a, in a bad place uh, going into this weekend. Yeah, I tell you what, talent-wise, I thought Southern Miss had the most talent in Conference USA this year from top to bottom. Um, so going into conference play, uh, I thought they could possibly run the table. Well, you know, La Tech's pretty dang good this year, too. And uh, they had a tough loss to Golden Eagles up in Ruston to the Bulldogs. 
But sure enough, in the meantime, after that game, La Tech has a couple key suspensions at quarterback, receiver, and a key linebacker. Um, and that cost them last week at Marshall. So, you know, we've been winning. La Tech just lost. So we're neck and neck in that Conference USA West division. And now it's going to come down to the wire. If we, we run the table, uh, La Tech drops one more, which they could. They got a tough one mm-hmm. at UAB this weekend. Um, I, I tell you what, you know, we, we could be playing for that Conference USA championship and hopefully hosting, you know, uh, on December 7th. But you never know. I know Florida Atlantic and Marshall on the other side, that, that's tough on the east as well in Conference USA. But it, it's wide open right now. This offense, uh, Marchant, when you look at it, you play with a pretty good quarterback and yourself, Lee Roberts on the other side of the ball. Uh, from you, but how explosive is this Southern Miss offense, and how fun is it to prepare for and to watch? Yeah, we had some explosive players back in the 90s, that's for sure. Lee Roberts, my favorite teammate of all time. Uh, some of my, my, my teammates I still talk to, they give me a hard time, and I'm like, no, Lee, Lee changed the game <laughs> for us when, when we got him under center. Uh, but, yeah, the talent they have now, uh, I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, Quez Watkins. Tim Jones, Jalen Adams at the receiving spots. Jordan Mitchell was the most uh, consistent guy. He's out right now. Uh, and then the, the, the kind of dual threat to Michael Harris, he can do it all. I mean, they, they are so fast. Uh, Coach Hobson was interviewed, and he doesn't know who's the fastest of the crew. I mean, as far as athletic-wise, they're way more athletic uh, from a core perspective going one through four and five deep than we were. Uh, and Jack Abraham's so accurate. I mean, he, he's perfect for that offense. Um, you know, and Quez is coming to his own, obviously, stretching the field. So they're, they're a tough, tough offense right now to deal with. They really are. And, Marchant, certainly when you were part of that uh, defense and crew, I believe you were two-time uh, first-team all-conference USA player. But you played along some dudes on that defense. And, and rightfully so, when we were in the stands uh, – uh, calling that unit the nasty bunch, that that term or or that label for defense, what does that kind of embody to you or mean to you? Man, it means so much, and I don't mean to be a homer, but the, the 97 defense I was a part of, and, and Coach Jeff Bauer at that time said that's the best team he's ever coached, which is a, a complete honor because that, that's the man right there to say that. Uh, but, I mean, I'm on a defense in 97 where, you know, we got 11 starters and 10 out of 11, including myself, you know, either get drafted or get a shot in the NFL. I mean, that, that's unheard of, man. I mean, mm. we, we were just loaded that year. And uh, so so that nasty bunch moniker, you know, in the 80s and 90s, some of the, some of the squads we had back then shutting people down, 2000s, um, it, it's good to see that moniker still kind of kick into this day because there's only like two or three monikers that, that really stick in college football, it's the wrecking crew at Texas A&M and the nasty bunch at Southern Miss. I know uh, Nebraska said the black shirts, but mm-hmm. it doesn't seem to be a theme. So really, the wrecking crew and the nasty bunch seem, seem to be the two defensive themes that you hear about. So it's really cool to be a part of that. And this defense this year, all of a sudden, man, they're playing really well. I mean, they held Rice and UAB a couple weeks ago in a row under 200 yards of total offense. And, and – Keep your eyes always on DQ Thomas, man. That's the top NFL prospect on Southern Miss' team uh, this year, uh, Ed Linebacker. He, he is a special football player. They put him all over the place. Yeah, that defense kind of rounding out and rounding into the form that uh, we thought we would see from them, and so that's perfect timing going down this stretch. 
Marshant, when you look at that defense and the guys that you played with, um, the most athletic or the one uh, that you would kind of look up at on the days of practice or on game day and, be, and say, man, I cannot believe like he just did this. Who kind of stands out in your mind from that group you played with? Well, like I said, it's hard to pick one guy out, but, I mean, it, it's kind of easy to pick one guy out because he was on the cover of ESPN the magazine when he was in the NFL. It's Adelius Thomas. I mean, my goodness, the guy – Six four, two hundred and sixty, two hundred and seventy pounds could run a four five, forty inch vertical. Played basketball, you know, and, and played a lot on, on our Southern Miss basketball team. I mean, that guy was just unique. And I remember looking over, I'm like, man, how did we sign him? You know, mm-hmm. how did he come to Hattiesburg? Why isn't he? Why isn't he up at you know Michigan or you know, some of these big name teams? You know, we, but we were blessed to have a Delius Thomas because uh, I mean that 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 guy was a unique talent he, he would stick out on this defense to this day you know he, that guy crosses generations for talent I mean he was unique it's a shame he didn't go on to make any money with that talent huh Marchand man you know <laughs> 10, 10 12 years in the NFL covered VSP in the magazine man uh, you know shame on him he didn't do some of all that talent no, he, 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 he did he did really well like, I, I remember I think it was the Patriots, maybe. Uh, they played with the Ravens and the Patriots, but one game they had him at safety. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy's six four, two seventy. They put him in kind of like a safety prowl look. Uh, I'm just like, man, you got to be kidding me, this guy. But I, but I played with him. I was blessed. When you look at the job that Jeremy McLean has done as the athletic director for Southern Miss, and just really a short time there, um, and bringing back uh, some guys, and really the momentum that really has felt, I believe, from all programs athletic-wise. What do you think about uh, the job that he's come in and done? Well, the beautiful thing about what I hear about his tenure right now, and I live in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, but even in Baton Rouge, I hear all the time from Southern Miss alumni, he's everywhere at once. He's at two places at once. He's marketing the heck out of Southern Miss. You know, he's uh, he's a forward thinker. He's an inventor. Because we have to be, especially in this day and age of, you know, what have you done for me lately with social media? You know, what's next? What's next? Everybody, you know, all over the place with their attention spans. He's the perfect guy for the job. And I hear nothing but positivity from what he's trying to do for our program. Um, you know, and, and sure enough, with Coach Hobson doing the football program, being a Southern Miss guy, I mean, that combination, I mean, they, they stick around and stay together for a good bit. I mean, that's a heck of a combination. Um, to go, but I've got nothing but positive things to say from me and Southern Miss alumni around the state uh, about the job he's doing from an AD perspective. Once again, we're joined by Marshant Kenny, uh, former USM defensive player, now part of the ESPN Plus uh, uh, call there for USM. And and Marshant, back at you was talking about your days with Jeff Bauer, and we all know what kind of coach Jeff Bauer was. You were constantly competing for Conference USA Championship, winning Conference USA Championship, and then going uh, on and playing bowl games. There was years of downsliding and, and falling down for USM. How close is this program to getting back to where it was in the Nasty Bunch days? I mean, that was a top five defense in the nation back at them times. And so how close is USM to getting back so-called in the spotlight, coming out of Conference USA, not a power five, so to speak, conference, but – uh, you know, some key claws or some key pieces that Southern Miss needs to do to, to kind of get it back on the map. Well, it's funny you compare it to that 90s time and early 2000s when we were winning conference championships, going to the Bulls um, consistently back then, and, and that was all under Jeff Bauer's tenure. 
Well, I mean, Coach Jay Hobson, he's a he's a Bauer guy. I mean, you know, it, it would have taken the National Guard to get Jeff Bauer out of Hattiesburg. Um, and the same thing with Jay Hobson. You know, you don't hear a lot of guys say, you know, this is my dream job to be in Hattiesburg, but it really is for him. So he's in year four of his tenure right now, and you can see the progress. I mean, this team he's got this year compared to his first year, like I said when we started this broadcast, I thought this was the most talented team in Conference USA. I don't remember seeing that from top to bottom of the Southern Miss football team in years. But I truly believe that this year. So it's obvious on paper they're getting the pieces and the parts in place. Um, oh, are they where they want to be? No. Obviously, there was there was some years there where we struggled. I won't say the coach's name. Can't, <laughs> but, you know, they, 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 they just can't. And uh, they right. struggled. And get, getting out of that hole, though, and he's the right guy for the job. It, it seems like Jeff Bauer reinvented for 2019. So um, it's a blessing La Tech lost that game. I think if they can get to the Conference USA Championship team, I think they can win it. And if they do that, that's the springboard you need because we've got to have conference championships in Hattiesburg. That's the only way you're going to compete on the next level until those you know, power five conferences see that you're winning at an FCS level, at the, the, whatever they want to call it, the, the lower echelon of, of, of Division One, you know, whatever they want to call right, it. Right, right. Marshant, man, we certainly appreciate uh, you and Max's time tonight, and um, thank you for uh, joining us, bud, and stealing some time from you. Have a good call and keep JB straight on Saturday. I will. Appreciate you guys, and I uh, like the podcast. You guys do the sound. The sound call you guys do, so I appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day. You too, bud.